All right. Um, welcome to the <clears throat> Monday, uh, February 26th, uh, Lawrence and Douglas County Planning Commission meeting. Um, Drew, this is a, uh, a hybrid meeting. Would you walk us through the rules, please? Yes. Good evening. My name is Drew Bielby, planner, and I will be helping to facilitate the Zoom video portion of the meeting. We will work alongside the chair to facilitate the meeting's proceedings. I have a few housekeeping items for this hybrid meeting. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and cable channel 25. Please remember to mute yourself during the meeting when you are not speaking. The chat function for this public meeting is disabled. All chats will go directly to me. Unless you are participating during the meeting, please turn your video off. This allows the active meeting participants to be seen on screen. You will still be able to hear the meeting. When you are, when you are participating, please turn your video on. If you have any trouble, you can send a chat to me. The city reserves the right to mute people or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting. And now I'll turn the meeting back over to Chair Rex Road. Thanks, Drew. Um, up first is to receive and amend or approve the minutes from January 22nd and 24th meetings. Um, is there a motion to uh, approve those? Motion. Approved. Second with uh, Sharon. Thank you. Any discussion? Those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Carries unanimously. Now we have uh, Jane on the on Zoom. Is that right? Is she still there, Commissioner Eldridge? I want to make sure that if she is there, and I want to test for Commissioner Thomas as well. She is not on as of right now. All right. Neither is Commissioner Thomas. If either one of those two pop in uh, on an item, uh, please uh, let me know, Drew. Thanks. Okay. Um, all right, um, on to committee reports. Um, uh, anything, any updates from the MPO? Uh, yeah, we um, um, up, oh, excuse me, approved a, um, uh, an amendment to the transportation improvement plan and also got an update to the regional pedestrian plan for Eudora, Baldwin City, and Lecompton with public comment um, available from January 22nd through February 20th. So a few okay. more days left few days left all right any questions for David on this no. quick update on the uh, land development code update steering committee um, we did meet it was last week week before I know time goes fast um, reviewed progress to date uh, we trialed a survey um, that'll be deployed in the coming weeks uh, module 3 is expected to ship pretty soon do we know when Sometime in the next, it could be any time now. Yes. But module three is out. I think module three is, is kind of the last piece of that. And we'll consider the first draft of this to be whole. Um, there is a desire um, on uh, by uh, uh, Chair Finkeldye, uh, chairs the uh, LDC uh, group, to see this work um, progress through to the city commission sometime in the May time frame. Um, because this is a fairly substantial body of work, um, I asked that we have a couple of uh, opportunities for study session on the Planning Commission, which everybody's a big thumbs up for. So in our April, right now tentatively planned that in our April and our May mid-months, we'll have study session on this. Um, but team, I just want to point out there's a, there's a lot here, a lot of meat, and it will require some homework coming into it so that when we do get to that May meeting, we're at a at a place where we're gonna be able to forward a recommendation. All right? So, Noah's coming at us. Um, 
On to communications. Uh, a couple things for you, Jeff. Have, any, uh, have we received any written communication from the public? All communications received by the deadline were included as part of your packet. And how about communications from staff, planning commissioners, or other commissioners? None this evening. How about any um, written action of any waiver request determinations made by the city engineer? Also none this evening. Have you guys written that sentence so it's just really hard to say, or is it just me? <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Thank you. <laughs> now, now it's time to disclose any ex parte communication. Um, anyone on the... Uh, I just need to disclose anything. All right. Um, any uh, declarations of abstentions from any specific agenda items? Yeah. No? Um, now's an opportunity for general public comment. This will be uh, an opportunity for someone that wants to talk to uh, the Planning Commission um, that, that's not about an item on tonight's agenda. Is there anyone here in the room? I see three folks not on. You guys are here for later on things. Okay. Anybody online, Drew? that has a hand up that wants to uh, speak in general public comment? Seeing, do not see any. All right, thank you. With that, we will move on to our regular agenda. Um, the first item up is to consider approving a request for an item Z-23-00417, um, approximately 2.87 acres at 1505 North 170A Road with a request to rezone from AG2 to RS7. And Mary Miller is our planner. Mary, can you walk us through this, please? Yes, I will. Um, good evening, commissioners. Mary Miller, city county planner. And as you mentioned, this rezoning is from a rural district, Ag 2, to an urban district, RS7. A annexation request was submitted concurrently with this rezoning. However, as the rezoning property is less than 10 acres, the annexation is going to go directly to the city commission, so you won't be considering that. And the rezoning itself is coming to you. When you make your recommendation on that, then we will take it to the city commission along with our er, yeah, annexation request. Uh, the city commission initiated the annexation at their February 6th meeting, and notification has been provided to the water district and the electric company in the area as required by state statute. So once that notification period is over, the annexation and the rezoning would go to the city commission. Um, this rezoning is contingent upon the approval of the annexation. So the rezoning would only go forward if the city commission approved rezoning or annexing the property into the city limits. The property is located just north of city limits, um, just at the end of North 7th Street. It's on the east side of East 1500 Road. Um, 7th Street just converts into 1500 outside the city limits. And if you look at the graphic on the right, it shows that it is currently in Tier 2 of the urban growth area. Once the annexation is approved, it will be in Tier 1. So for the purpose of this rezoning, uh, we're considering it as if it is in Tier 1, since this rezoning is uh, following up on that annexation request. This is an image of the specific property and it's about 2.87 acres, and it's very unique in that it's developed with three residences and associated outbuildings. They're clustered on the western portion. This is about 37,000 square feet, a little less than one acre. Um, this was developed prior to the adoption of zoning regulations in 1966. One residence was built in 1940, and the other two in 1950. So the property is currently a non-conforming parcel um, the Ag 2 district requires 10 acres per parcel, and uh, this being a 2.8 acre parcel is just non-conforming. 
the zoning regulations in section 12-308, they have provisions for non-conforming parcels, and it states that they can continue to be used for any use in the zoning district. Uh, they just cannot be reduced in size. You know, any reduction would be followed by rezoning and platting. Just, you can't take any actions that would reduce the size of this lot or parcel. The three structures are also non-conforming as they don't comply with the required density in the Ag 2 district. That district requires 10 acres per residence or this number of residences would require 30 acres. Um, the zoning regs also have provisions for non-conforming structures. They're non-conforming due to the density and it states that they can continue to be used and even if they're damaged to more than 50% of the fair market value, if they house a dwelling, they can be rebuilt uh, regardless of how damaged they were. They can be completely destroyed and they would be allowed to be rebuilt. So while these are non-conforming situations now, um, they're not an issue, the property can still be used and the city development code has similar provisions protecting non-conforming dwellings. So that should not be an issue. This graphic shows the three residences that are on the property and then they each, most of them have a little associated garage or outbuilding. And as I mentioned, they're clustered on that western one acre of the parcel. Key points, these are listed in the staff report, but I'll go over them briefly here. As I mentioned, the city commission is considering the annexation directly. Um, this request for rezoning is required by code. Once you're annexed, you must be rezoned to an appropriate urban district. The subject property is currently in tier two of the urban growth area, uh, but it will be within tier one when this zoning becomes finalized. The residences currently utilize on-site sewage management systems or septic system and well water. An annexation would allow the use of city services. So the property owner contacted city staff requesting annexation as one of the houses, one of the water wells had failed and they wanted to be able to use city water. And the municipal engineer at the meeting, they would approve the extension once the property was annexed to serve that failed well, the residents with the failed well. However, they indicate the residences could continue their septic system until they fit, at which point they would have to connect. If they develop and uh, developing for additional urban development, they would be required to buy into city services at is everyone able to hear Mary okay? Cutting out. Mary, you're, you're breaking up just a little bit. I'm just testing to make sure everybody's able to hear you okay. That last statement, I was... I was Let me uh, <clears throat> get rid of my picture mm. again. I saw that internet was unstable. Let's see if it... So, um, and as I mentioned, the, the parcel and the dwellings are non-conforming. However, that's not an issue. So when we look at rezone, look at... Um, Factors. One of the things we look at is, is it compliant with the recommendations in the um, Considering that this would be interior, the city of Lawrence uh, rezoned, recommends that we provide options throughout Lawrence for smaller development lots. And that we update our <coughs> development code is currently in a, being updated to allow development. So allow a recommendation RS would allow smaller lots than currently. 
And so this would be in compliance with those recommendations to increase the density. Once you're in the city of Lawrence, we want that to be where development occurs rather than having development go outward. We look at it just zoning and land use in the nearby on the rural zoning. Mary, you're cutting out pretty bad. You're breaking up pretty bad, Mary. Me? Hear me? Not well. Yeah. <clears throat> and I don't know what I can do. Maybe stop sharing. <clears throat> I can't, so can't hear. Mary, you might try not sharing your screen and see if that kind of affects the bandwidth there. <clears throat> Does anyone here have her PowerPoint? Yeah, I can grab it. Can you get, I have, it's in my folder. Are you finding it there? I'm, I'm just pulling it up on the agenda. I think if it's. Yeah. I don't think it's on the agenda. I think you'd have to look in my folder, my work folder. Okay. Maybe stop sharing the uh, the uh, your screen, Mary, and see if that. Okay. Let your voice come through, and then Drew can find the deck and drive it from here. Okay. And Mary, one that, last one last thing. If you are connected to VPN, you might uh, disconnect from that. That might help too. Oh, let me see if I am. Let it do it. I'll, no, I don't. I don't think I am. Yeah, I'm not connected to VPN. Can you hear me better now without the... Uh... Absolutely, okay. yes. Yeah, so if Drew's able to find that, that's fine. If, otherwise, I'll try to just go ahead without it. You might put my staff report. Most of the images are from the staff report. Drew, are you able to find in my folder where I have the presentation? Um, yeah. It's under meeting materials. Still looking. Mary, you have an impressive folder of, of, of files. <laughs> wow. It'll be under um, 2023 zoning. It's one of the very last zonings for the year. Oh, So it's not under my name. It'll just be under 2023 zoning. Okay, I think I got it. No, <laughs> no access. Yep. <laughs> so maybe open it? would you? Uh, would you try, maybe, could you email it to Drew? Mm, it's pretty big. I could try to email it. Oh. Maybe give it a yeah. Yeah. Mary, you might give up a second. We might have a different way of getting to it real quickly. Okay.
through. I'm trying to join. I've got it up here. So I've got it here. I can oh. try to join. And Jeff for the save. Hey. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jeff. Okay, so I think I was just mentioning um, the zoning and land uses. The zoning on the left side, the rural zoning is colored. We have pink is Ag 1, the yellow is Ag 2. These were created in 2020, and they're based primarily on parcel size. And to the south of the subject property, we have the urban zoning, RS7, RS10. These are single dwelling residential zoning districts, and they're also differentiated by lot size. RS7 allows a minimum lot size of 7,000 square feet. RS10 allows a minimum lot size of 10,000 square feet. And so we look at the land use in the area as well. And on the graphic to the right, you can see to the south, we have the urban residential development. We have the subject property. There's rural residential nearby as well. And we kind of travels past in a drainage easement, but there is no floodplain on this property. So the primary agricultural and residential. And so these rezoning requests with nearby zoning and go to the next. So then we look for the compact character. Yeah. Normally we go about a mile from the set eight. We went eight, seven, kind of an and we went to the east to that large borrow pit to the east. And then within the zoning uh, area of the city of Lawrence, we go about 400 feet. <coughs> See, what is the character of the area? The graphic on the left, the red dots are show us where the residential, the rural residences are. Um, there's this very dense rural residential in this area. Uh, most of these parcels are not compliant or non-conforming to their zoning districts. The Ag 2 district requires 10 acres, the Ag 1 requires 20, and there's a very dense area you'll see in about the middle there, right where there's a road, um, 1732. That's a platted rural subdivision, and the lots are 20,000 square feet. Uh, if that was within the city of Lawrence, it would require RS 20 zoning. And so the character is fairly high density rural residential is the current zoning. A zoning this property to the south, the, our subject property, if you'll look to the graphic on the right, you can see the floodway and the floodway fringe, a kind of divide it from the property to the area. Uh, that's been pumped to the south to hand storm And so rezoning this, or zone urban to the south, uh, while Gibson to the north, it would still be with the character area is Mary still there yeah Jeff could you go by please 
then after that, we look at, is it in conformance with the recommendations in the area plan? And you'll note in the staff report, this rezoning that's being proposed is not in conformance with the recommendations in the Northeast area sector plan. This is a graphic from the sector plan, which shows what their future land use recommendations were. They were recommending open space in the area to the south, which includes the subject property. Um, that's shown in green and very low residential is shown in yellow. However, the area plan does note that this is not intended to be parcel specific. Their map is not intended to show you exactly the boundaries of the zoning areas, but they're intended, the green area was intended to protect the floodplain. And the um, plan overall recommended very low residential density between I-70 and Northern Lawrence. However, as I mentioned earlier, most of that area is already developed at a higher density than that. We have 20,000 square foot lots where the long range plan is recommending one lot per one acre. Um, can you go to the next screen, please? And the recommendations in the area plan were based on the floodplain at the time. The Northeast sector plan was adopted in 2012. And in 2015, the floodplain maps were redrawn. So the floodplain map on the left side shows the floodplain at that time when the area plan was adopted. And most of this area was encumbered with floodplain. In 2015, the changes to the drainage in, in the area, most of the area is not within the floodplain. And so for that reason, the fact that it's no longer encumbered with floodplain and the fact that it is residentially developed, it would not be appropriate to keep that open space category. And so the assumption would be that the very low density category would apply. Can you go to the next slide, Jeff? And I think you can go to the next one too. You can go ahead and go to the next one. So this figure illustrates the current density in the area. The green is the very low, which is what's being recommended by the area plan. And the uh, more yellow with the yellow boundaries, those are the low density. Within the city of Lawrence, that area is considered low density. The subject property is low. And then that um, platted subdivision and the property to the west also meet that low density category. And so for that reason, even though it does not comply with the RS40 recommendation in the area plan, um, staff is recommending RS7 because we see that at two things. One is it's um, more compliant with the kind of density that's there now but also if you were going to divide this lot to try to create these uh, residences to make them conforming, all three residences are on 30,000 square feet. So the RS40 would not be possible to plat that and put each residence on their own lot. And that's why staff is recommending RS7. However, we do recognize that that is not compliant with the recommendations in the long range plan. You can go to the next screen, Jeff, please. And so you have the option of changing that zoning designation to a lower density if you feel that's appropriate. Under the lesser change table, you can go from the category on the left to those that are listed in the right without having to re-notice or hold a new hearing. Mm. So the RS7 district is what's being proposed, but you have the option if you felt RS10, RS20, or RS40 was more appropriate. If you wanted to rezone to RS40 to um, stay in compliance with the area plan, you could. Um, at some point, the area plan will be updated. It may be possible for the property owner then to uh, revise the zoning. So that is one of your options that you can do. You go to the next page or the next slide, Jeff. 
Another thing to look at is what is the suitability for the uses permitted in the district? Uh, the property is well suited to residential uses, but the size of the property, it is not at all suited for the three residences under the Ag 2 zoning, which would require 30 acres. Um, the three, eight, three residences on the 30,000 square feet is also not well suited for the RS40 zoning, which requires 40,000 square feet per residence. The length of time the property has been vacant as zoned, it uh, was developed since 1940 with residents, so it has, it's not vacant. What would be the detrimental impacts of rezoning? If you rezone to one of the other districts, RS10, RS20, or the recommended RS7, it would be possible to further subdivide this property. Um, and that would uh, require a major subdivision. With a major subdivision, there's several studies you're required to do. One is a drainage study where you do um, hydrologic that study to make sure that the drainage after development does not exceed that which was in place prior to development. So that protects the nearby properties from unwanted stormwater. Um, there's also a downstream sanitary sewer analysis that's required and that way they measure the capacity of the sewer lines. Um, if it's necessary to upgrade them that would be on the developer's dime uh, but that way they make sure there is adequate capacity before they allow that land to be divided. And then we look at what is the gain to the public health, safety, and welfare if we deny the application. And um, there would be no gain based on the fact that if there was future subdivisions that those things would be reviewed. If it was rezoned to RS40, uh, future subdivisions of this property uh, would be very difficult. Um, I think you could get two lots out of it. And so you would still have those studies. Uh, that's fine, you were fine. You can go ahead and go to the next one. We did receive one communication, it was in your packet, and I looked that over, and uh, most of the comments were related to the annexation, but the uh, letter did recommend that we follow the recommendations of the Northeast Sector Plan and rezone to RS40. Um, it wanted us to require that the property plat. However, as I mentioned, this is a non-conforming parcel, and our regulations allow it to be used and state specifically that you're not required to further divide or not required to go through the subdivision regulations until you decide to further divide the property. So there's no code basis uh, for us to require it to plat. And that future land division of the property be prohibited until all of the North Lawrence drainage study recommendations have been installed. And some of those recommendations are multi-million dollar improvements. And it isn't clear at this time if they would all be necessary for this property's development. Uh, but this would be determined by the municipal services and operations engineer whenever development is proposed in the future. So in staff's opinion, it'd be better just to wait until development is proposed and we can look at it specifically rather than making this blanket requirement. And so staff is recommending that you forward this rezoning request to the city <coughs> commission with a recommendation for approval for the RS7 district based on the findings and report. However, if you, if you determine that a lower density is appropriate, uh, the recommendation to a lower density, RS40, RS20, or RS10, could be made by you with the use of a lesser change table, and that would just move forward. And so I hope you were able to hear me. And um, if not, just ask me questions. I know the applicant is uh, present today. Very good. Mary, thank you so much. And I see Billy Price is the applicant. Yeah. Would you like to come up and uh, share any thoughts? Sure. Hi, thanks for having me. That. Uh, yeah, we're looking to annex into the city because um, we like to have, we have well water and we're on septic systems and the wells are just a lot of maintenance. So um, 
I think having more reliable water, because we'd like to stay there for a long time. We have three, so it's three residences. We live in one. One's just our guest house. Another one we rent to our friend. And um, probably in two years or so, we need to uh, work on our house, either build a new one or expand it just for more room for our family. So I knew if we were in the county, we'd probably have to do a whole new septic system. And then we'd have to put in a new well at that time also. I thought it might be about, I don't know what the cost is to tie onto the city system, but I thought we're so close, we're right there. If I'm gonna build a new house there in the same area where the current house is, then tying onto the city sewer and water that's right at the neighbor's house would be like a dream come true. So I was like, I'd like to be in the city. And yeah, that's where we're at. We'll start and see where it goes. All right, very good. So the way this works, you've had an opportunity to talk. We're going to invite uh, members from the public to speak, and we'll come back to you uh, at the end of that in case there's anything you want to answer or rebuttal to what you've heard. Okay. All right? Sounds good. Very Thanks. good. Um, is there anyone from the public to speak on this tonight? All right, please come on up. Natalie, is that right? Natalia. Natalia. I was close. Yeah. But Natalia, we're, uh, we're here tonight to talk about um, the zoning on this. We're not going to be taking up the question of annexation tonight. Right. I'd be glad to have you speak. Three minutes. Um, floor is yours. Yeah. Uh, one thing that was in my letter that wasn't addressed, I haven't seen it addressed at all, is what, whether that road that these three houses are on is a public road, a private road, how will that be handled uh, in terms of everything? Uh, I'm not opposed to the annexation of this uh, property as it exists now. I think it's very important that we maintain compliance with the Northeast Sector Plan and I strongly suggest a more restrictive zoning uh, so that that does stay open space and that there's uh, the possibility of uh, future subdivision is taken more seriously. Um, I'm concerned about the way we talk about non-conforming parcels because in this case, I'm hearing the staff report say that because this is non-conforming in the county, then we should annex it into the city. But with Midwest Custom Pools, the Planning Commission approved making that parcel much more non-conforming in a way that threatens uh, the groundwater, stormwater, uh, groundwater contamination, other people's wells. Um, I'm also concerned that this will, we're transferring a non-conforming lot from the county to the city, um, and it's just a little hard to make sense of that. Everything should be done when there's a change like this. Everything possible should be done to make the end result as conforming to as many things as possible. Can't move houses, but we can require that each house have its own lot and that the lots be zoned in accordance with the Northeast Sector Plan. Thank you. Is there anyone else here to speak on this item tonight? Mr. Price, is there anything that you'd like to add before we? Sorry. Oh, I'll, thank you, Mike. Thank you. Um, anyone online? You see anyone there, Drew? 
Uh, no, nobody is unmuted. Very good, thank you. Nothing else uh, from you, Mr. Price? Back to the commission then. Um, we have an item here, it's, uh, it is about the zoning. It's not about annexation, of course, and, and uh, the, the zoning would, the, the discussion is around that, um, and we refer that on, and uh, city commission would take that up in their consideration of annexation. Any comments, discussion? I have a couple questions. Please, please. Um, so, I guess my first question is about the the road. I am interested in the situation. I tried, to, I looked to see, and I couldn't exactly figure out on the road designation map and um, in the staff report what what roads we're talking about and how they are designated. Um, and then when I looked at at the PowerPoint, um, again, it was still a little confusing, but I was just wondering if they were township, if the dashes were the dash of paved county road or uh, paved township road. I couldn't make the distinction in the images that I saw. I think that would be a question for Mary probably first. Yeah, I'm gonna see if I can get mine. We'll see if this lets me talk. Yeah, the talking about road. 1708 road. Well, I'm talking. Yeah, I guess all of the roads that would be connected to this piece of property, um, access to this piece of property. I don't have access to my GIS map, but the road up to the very southern boundary is a city road. It's a city street. So East 1500 Road North. I don't know if that's a township or a county road. Maybe someone could pull that up on the map. The road the houses take access from is a private road, and that's the road that extends into the property. Based on the, <clears throat> excuse me, based on the information we have right here, it uh, the road is owned and maintained by Douglas County. Okay, the 1708 road. No, that is uh, East 1500 Road. North 708 is a private road that'd be maintained by the uh, the homeowner. Right. Okay. And that'd be a, a subject that would be taken up. When that when platting was done there, correct. Usually, those, if there's a road that's necessary, that would be something that would be a function of the platting on that one. 1708 is probably a, a leftover of, of its county days of how it would have been connected. That's how you would have had three dwellings on one one address point, so this emergency services knew where to go to. So that's how 1708 kind of got its designation. I drove onto 1708 Road this morning, looking at that, and it's like driving into the parking lot or, or to you know their parking area among those three houses. So. So then um, I guess I have a question when it comes to roads and annexation. How does that work? And I know that um, annexation isn't our in our purview, but since this is connected and it has not yet been annexed into the city, I have questions that might some, be somewhat related. So how does that work for the county perspective then of roads that are county roads annexed into the city? How does that work? Usually it's a conversation between the city engineer and the county engineer about the road maintenance and what happens next on those things. But as soon as something comes into the city of Lawrence, it becomes the city's responsibility to own and maintain it going forward. So if the road is annexed, then municipal services and operations would assume the responsibility and maintenance for it. Thank you. Makes sense? Yeah, 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 that's great. Um, Other questions? Comments? I have another one, I guess. Yeah, please. Um, so then I, I just had a couple questions um, about annexation, and this is an automatic annexation, is that correct? Um, so this is, is this a situation where because um, a piece of property is so close to the city that if it's requested, 
and then it goes directly to the city commission and I don't know exactly what the process is for that but could you um, inform me on that just a little bit and the reason that I'm curious is because that does connect to my understanding of the Northeast sector plan and which is something I will be thinking about when I'm thinking about the rezoning of this particular piece of property so it's not exactly an annexation question but I would like to know so annexation oh go ahead Mary it is a, it's not an automatic annexation it has to go to the city commission but it's less than 10 acres so our code requires annexations over 10 acres to come to the planning commission for recommendation and we go through all those criteria if you're less than 10 acres it goes to the city commission and then they make the decision they can decide to annex or not to annex so it's not automatic it's just that they do it on their own so is that your question yeah I think so I think I was also wondering that is there a difference between property that abuts current city property um, versus skipping over if you, I don't and I don't know the proper term for it but sometimes there's a gap between the city property and the um, the township property for instance I'm just curious uh, jurisdiction there's a difference between an adjoining petition and an island petition and an annexation and so if Thank you have you an island the petition list. there's a different set and procedure under state statute that is required to go through as part of this but if you're adjoining to the city limits and you petition for annexation then there's a different statute that kicks in and this one falls under the adjoining statute okay so then my questions about that are connected then to the um, northeast sector plan I think there's been some co conversation about this um, piece of property um, the density that's been requested not necessarily being or not being in conformance with the northeast sector plan um, but it's so I'm just trying to walk through that when I think about the density um, do other people have questions about the density or um, should I go ahead and go? Go ahead, please, okay. please. I was just curious, um, if this were to be annexed into the city, it, this piece of property would really come out of the north sector plan, area plan, um, would it not? Because the north sector area plan uh, says that it is planning uh, regarding uh, the location north of the city and within Grant Township. And so would this, wouldn't this piece of property no longer definitionally be, it would be obviously located on the maps still, but this piece of property would now be a part of the city and therefore considerations about stormwater and things like that would all happen under the city guiding documents unrelated to the Northeast sector plan? Yes, you're right that it, the stormwater would come under the city. Um, but when we look at the long-range plan, the zoning districts that they're recommending are urban zoning districts. So it's assumed that the whole idea of the long-range plan is not so much to tell people what they can do while they stay outside the city limits. It's more to tell what happens to that area when it does get annexed. And so RS-40 is not a rural zoning district. So they recommend RS-40 from I-70 down to North Lawrence at the time the plan was written. So North Lawrence boundary being the south boundary. So once we get into the city of Lawrence, you would think, well, it doesn't fit that criteria, but this is where they're recommending that RS-40 zoning. Okay. And Jeff, did you have anything you wanted to add to that? I don't know if I stepped on top of you or not. Nope, Mary, that was perfect. <laughs> Can I ask your question? Kind of, I think I still need to think about it. I want to hear what everybody else has okay. to say. <laughs> Other thoughts, comments? Yeah, I mean, I just, uh, just to follow up on that, Mary. So the reason for RS7 is because it sort of fits the character of the neighborhood, right? I mean, there's, you know, RS7 type properties, right? 
Yeah, the reason we selected RS7 is because it, it matches what's to the south. And also, if we were going to divide this up so these were not, these all the residences became conforming, we have three residences on 30,000 square feet. A street would have to be developed, which is going to take away some of that land. So I don't think it would be possible with RS20 or RS40 or perhaps even RS10 to correct the nonconformity. Right. And so I, you know, it's, I think Jeff Albee says it's not necessary to meet every criteria, all the golden factors. So we might want to weigh the fact that we could zone it in compliance with the area plan, but then it would not be possible to ever divide it and make those parcels compliant with those residences. We couldn't create lots that would meet that requirement. Yeah. And so I think maybe putting more weight to that than to actually trying to comply with the area plan. So I thought about this the question of RS7 versus 10 or, or, or 40 mm -hmm. and how that grew up out of the sector plan and where it's going to me it, it pivoted to where RS7 made sense away from RS4 RS40 is sector plan rural not annexed fits makes sense annexed in adjacent to um, RS7 immediately below it RS10 just over here a little bit to the to the uh, east um, and then looking at where those properties are, RS7 seemed to make some sense. And I could separate myself from the RS40 because of the annexation. Just kind of flipped to a different category in my brain anyway. In fact, I looked at it when I was there. I made the comment, I, I wonder, can they get away with RS7? It almost looked like RS5 would be a better fit for what was in there at the time. Of course, that's much more dense. And, I wouldn't want to necessarily indicate that for anybody else, but I just had that on my mind. Yeah. I think that's kind of where I was going um, in a way of like thinking about the plan and not being in violation of the plan but, or in, in nonconformity with the plan, but at the same time, the use of the property and the annexation have kind of mm -hmm. changed that. And if that is to take place, that seems yeah. like a reasonable. <clears throat> We're not doing annexation, so if we just, right. if I just say, okay, well, it's annexed, now what? Exactly. Um, and creating something that's non-conforming from the beginning didn't seem to make a lot of sense, at least didn't seem very fair to the applicant, what they would have to go through to, to manage to that, so. Yeah. I did have one other question. Um, I was wondering, when we talk about low density and very low density, um, are those defined the same in the, under the, way the city would look at it and the way that the county would look at it. I, I'm Recall quick down there. Uh, not necessarily no, because what you end up having is, and Mary kind of, I think, said this a lot more eloquently than I'm about to do, is that you, know, you will see a development pattern in the rural area that you'd constitute very low density, and it may be a, a dwelling unit every 20, 40, 80 acres or something like that. But if you see it a little bit more packed in like, you know, the 40,000, 20,000 square foot kind of lots there, that might be a high density in the rural area, but it might be a low density as you enter into the city limits and go into those other areas. So if you kind of just depends on where you want to kind of fix that line. Now in plan 2040 and in the area plans, there is a table in chapter three B that outlines high, medium and low density and kind of tries to provide some breaks upon it based upon the number of dwelling units per acre. And I think the low, the very low density, excuse me, 
I think runs at about a third of an acre, if my math is working correctly tonight. So it just, it's just varying degrees of if you're in the rural versus your urban and those kind of situations of the setups that you would have just as that, that pattern. And of course, Mary said it so much more eloquently than I just did. So. <laughs> And the reason I was wondering is when I look, I don't know if you can put up the map that was the, the green versus the yellow. It had the low density and the high density kind of of the surrounding neighborhoods. And I, I was just trying to figure out in my head, are we looking at low and very low as defined by the city or as defined by the county since this is kind of that situation where both are applicable and so I just was would that look different under the different um, definite potential different different definitions yeah I'll jump in here for a minute because I was surprised at that platted subdivision to the north it's shown as low density it actually has urban sized lots, 20,000 square feet. So it would require urban zoning if it wanted to be compliant. The zoning district it has now requires three acres per house. And so I think that's what, um, you can have one third of a house per acre is what Jeff was mentioning, where you have to have three acres per house in the rural. This is low density for urban, uh, 20,000 square feet is very high density for rural. Um, as a matter of fact, it's, it's just one of those things that was put into place way before the zoning regs came in. And so those were allowed at the time. They're not allowed anymore. Okay, and so the ones to the north, the straight, um, straight north that are kind of a, a, a marked low, would those, if, they, if those are, are the rural low or they are they're city low? City low, even though they're okay. in the rural area. Okay. They would require urban zoning of RS-20 to be compliant. They're, they're non-conforming now, and if someone wanted to bring them into conformance, which there's not really a big issue with having these small lots being non-conforming, but if they wanted to, they would have to wait until they were annexed and then zoned RS-20. Okay, so it would be very high if we we're looking under the, the rural definition, and it would be very low if we're looking under the city definition. Right. Okay, That's thank you. And I, th I think the, the map that you're seeing here is actually based upon the city's density map. And so it's working on city level densities, not on rural area densities, which is why it's kind of having a little bit of a, that shift as you're going out. It's trying to put an urban density into that rural area, which it's not meant to do. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Anything else? Just look up and down the dice. Any other questions or comments? Um, no, the only comment I have is that it, it makes sense to bring this in um, compliant with um, so that each of those lots can be compliant and not, and not non-conforming. So the RS-7 makes sense to me, yeah. although I'd be willing to look at RS-10 if people were interested. Okay. Other thoughts or comments? I have a clarifying question. Please. So if it were to come in as RS-7, it would be conforming? Because I, I guess I was under the impression that it was such an odd thing. It was non-conforming either, kind of either way. It's currently non-conforming, but that if we brought it in as is, is, um, RS7, it's RS7 still RS7 gives them a chance to be RS, to be conforming because there's three structures on, on 30,000 feet. So they could go through the proper process to become conforming? Yes. Okay. Yes. But it's technically not. But if we if we said the minimum size was larger than what their footprint was they that allowed, then they by default were out of bounds to start with. Great. Thank you. Yeah. May I ask a question, please? No, sir. Okay. Sorry. 
Um, we can come back maybe after we're done, but public comment's closed for it now. Sorry. All right. Any other questions, comments? I think I just want to commend the applicant for trying to do this the right way. Yeah. You know, so I just want to say, you know, we want to see more of that. So, so no other discussion to entertain a motion? Anyone? I'll make a motion. All right. So uh, I make a motion that we approve the request to rezone Z23-00417, approximately 2.87 acres at 1505 North, 1708 Road from Ag 2 District to RS7 District and forward to the City Commission with a recommendation for approval based on the findings presented in the staff report pending the approval of the associated annexation request. Sir, second? I'll second. For seconds, thank you. Any discussion? Those in favor, aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. And motion carries. We don't have any commissioners online, right, Drew? All right, thank you. Motion carries. Sir, apologize. I couldn't take a question then. It's closed. I have to be fair to everyone. Thank you. Thanks for understanding. Anybody need a break? We're good to go ahead. Good to go. All right, let's roll into item number two. Item number two is to consider approving this another rezoning request. Item uh, Z-23-00427. Mm -hmm. Yep. <clears throat> Thank you. Approximately 13 acres. <clears throat> this is from a planned commercial development district to a CC600 commu uh, community commercial district at uh, 550 Congressional Drive. And Sandy Day is here live. I'm here live. Internet not uh, lagging. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if Kurt just did something. I think Kurt is doing something. <laughs> All of a sudden, it was moving around. <laughs> well, while we get set up, um, this item is a rezoning. Uh, it is property that is in the city limits today. It is the existing Walmart site, just to give you some context of where we're talking about. Gonna let me, there we go. Okay. So um, this started with a pre-application meeting with staff um, where the Walmart group is looking to do a very small building addition. But in order for them to do that, they actually do need to take on some rezoning. Um, the property is part of an existing planned commercial development that was part of the 1966 zoning district. This is the six walk, uh, planned development, so it includes all of the Walmart site, uh, an existing vacant lot today, as well as two lots that have been built out. This is just a concept plan from the preliminary development plan, and the request for the rezoning applies only to the Walmart site. The rest of the planned development would remain intact, at least for now. Um, the surrounding zoning includes a variety of zoning districts. They include the commercial uh, districts to the east and to the south. There is multifamily residential to the west. And then we have a mix of um, office and public facility types of uses and zoning to the north. 
Um, this just highlights what that surrounding land use looks like. So you can see all of this, uh, supposed to be blue, it looks purple on the slide, of where we have our uh, the school, the police facility, public park. This is part of that um, overall commercial node along 6th and Wakarusa, and then you see the residential land uses that kind of surround that. Uh, and then this is just where that property is located within that commercial node. Um, this property is also included in the West, uh, West 6th Street and Wakarusa Drive um, area plan or nodal plan. It has a very long title. There's a copy of it in your packet as well. Just a couple of quick things to note of this plan. It doesn't have a traditional land use map the way we see um, other planning documents. This actually goes all the way back to plan uh, Horizon 2020, as well as the Northeast Area Plan. Um, it's had a few updates since then, and those have all been text pieces of update rather than trying to remap the whole project. It's on our work plan for a future project, um, but we're not there yet. Uh, within that, Congressional Drive basically marks the western boundary of the commercial node, um, and then we've seen um, residential uses actually occurring here on this eastern side of that that nodal area. There's also a retail cap that was set for this northwest quadrant. So when we talk about the quadrant, we're talking about Wakarusa and Sixth Street. So that includes properties south of Sixth Street, which is not in this particular plan boundary. Um, and that retail cap was set in 2015 when this property was rezoned um, here. And yeah, you're seeing that. Okay. Part of the West Lawrence neighborhood, um, which is one of the larger uh, neighborhoods within the city limits. It extends uh, far north of 6th Street and as far south as Clinton Parkway. This is a summary of the review criteria um, that are in the packet and the findings of fact. The conformance with the comprehensive plan or plan 2040 really talks about maintaining our investments in existing infrastructure. Um, it also has a number of details about how you develop. So some of the, the design components that we would be looking at the site planning. What this rezoning will, will do if approved is take it from um, the planned commercial development um, designation that was part of the pre-2006 code and put it into a corresponding appropriate zoning district um, with the land development code uh, without necessarily the PD overlay. Um, but all of the design aspects that we would have looked at in a plan development, we would be looking at in the site plan uh, process if this is approved. Um, Character of the neighborhood, it's part of kind of that commercial node. We're not talking about expanding the node. Um, there is some vacancy within that node today, so there's that undeveloped lot. Um, we have made the applicant aware of that because that's still under the ownership of, of the Walmart group. They're not proposing anything with it. Um, they didn't want to open up that discussion. They're really kind of focused on just this, this one piece of their project. 
Um, the suitability of the subject property, we think that rezoning it to a conventional zoning that is in line with the land development code is suitable and appropriate for this property. It removes all of those questions that are associated with these old PUDs and how do you process them and what do they mean. Um, we do not anticipate any detrimental effects to any nearby properties by rezoning this. Um, and then as we described in the staff report, the gain to the health um, safety and welfare is really pretty neutral with this project. Staff's recommendation is for approval of the rezoning, and I'm happy to answer any questions. The applicant is online, I believe. Very and good. And that is... Very good. Rick or Kent? Rick Rothlinger, Kent Vetter. Sandy, thank you very much. Uh, Rick. Uh, this Hi, is Rick. Rick with BFA. Can you all hear me okay? Yes. Excellent. Good evening, uh, members of the uh, Planning Commission staff. Uh, happy to be here uh, to answer any questions. Uh, Sandra did a very good job explaining our proposed project. Uh, when we first approached staff, um, it was kind of, I guess, a unique situation, one that I'm not familiar with, with the current zoning on this property no longer being an option um, uh, going forward in your current zoning. And that's when uh, staff came back to us and said, you'll have to rezone. So that's what's brought us here tonight. Um, the proposal is a 4,508-square-foot addition um, to the existing facility. It is on the east side of the building. Um, that size is about 4.5% um, increase in the overall square footage. It would be um, tucked in, if you will, on that east side. And that's primarily commercial on that side. So detrimental effects uh, to the community, it's pretty much all commercial over there. Uh, the purpose of the expansion, just to give you a little bit of background why we're seeking this, um, not sure if everyone is familiar with the online grocery pickup or online uh, pickup and delivery system that Walmart offers uh, to its customers. But it's uh, just that, you place your order online and you then set up a time that you'll pick up your purchase merchandise. You'll go to the store, you'll say, hey, I'm Rick Wolfing, I'm here to pick up my order. And then the Walmart Associates actually bring those out to your vehicle. You never have to get out of your car. Um, it's been, a, the store currently has this, the service. Um, it's been a huge success. Uh, your citizens and community surrounding the store um, really take to this service and to better meet their needs, um, Walmart is proposing this expansion. This expansion will not be open to the public. It is only for uh, uh, storing or staging, if you will, the dry and chilled and frozen merchandise, that, merchandise items that have been purchased, so that when you do show up, uh, they're very convenient and close to where you're parked at um, and can be quickly delivered. Um, along with the proposed uh, site plan improvements, and I know we're only looking at zoning, and Sandra mentioned that um, we'll be upheld to the PD district with the site planning and the building aesthetics, et cetera. But um, I think currently the store has 11 designated online grocery pickup stalls, and we would be seeking 45 as this goes through to staff. So it's, it is a huge uh, service that the community uh, takes advantage of, and we're trying to meet their needs. 
um, and staff has told us in order to do that, um, we need to go the route of rezoning. That's why we're here before you tonight. Rick, thank you so much. Um, we may come back to you here in a minute if there's any public comment. And testing for that now, any public comment on this? I don't see anybody in the audience. Natalia says no. Anybody online? See anybody, Drew, raising their hand? Nope. <clears throat> All right. Um, there's no public comment. Um, we'll bring it back to the commission. Um, anyone like to begin a discussion on this rezoning request? Any questions for staff? Seems pretty straightforward. I guess I have a question yes. for Sandy. Um, if Walmart chose to reconfigure uh, their, their uh, use of the existing space within the existing building envelope, would there be any need for rezoning? In other words, if, is if, this needed for construction or is it needed for expansion? It's, it's needed for the addition to accommodate that expansion of online services. So this would be equivalent under the old code. We used to talk about um, net space versus gross space. So all of the work that we do in the land development code is based on gross square feet. So the space that they're talking about um, would be part of that area that we would have discounted under the old code. Got it. But there is a building addition, expansion of that building. It's fairly minor compared to the rest of the building for what they're doing. It's already paved surface. So there's we're getting into site plan details at this point, but you know the, the overall impact is pretty nominal. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. Any other questions or comments? Yo, Mike, yeah. Reading through this and remembering everything that went into getting this in in the first time and the many years it took, and I, and, and some of the wording in the in the staff report, it's complicated at best trying to understand it and that I remember the the zoning and everything and the limit it to 100,000 square feet and all that stuff that, that went into getting the building built. Does this rezoning make it easier for any possible future expansions without having to get rezoned again? There is a piece of this project that deals with a very specific agreement between Walmart and the city that is not part of your purview. That is also a component that limits how big this building can get. If that agreement did not exist, then th there would not necessarily be any additional rezoning that would take place, we would still be evaluating a project. Is it compliant, say, with the comprehensive plan, the area plan that has some limitations um, on the, the total number of square feet for that intersection? We see that. Um, I did a little bit of an analysis of that square feet. There, there definitely is some room to play with square feet. There's the outlot that's vacant that allows some flexibility. There is a building, I think, on that corner that's a bit smaller than it was. So there's some 
square feet that could be borrowed from there. If they wanted to double the size of the project, then I think we probably have to have a different conversation. Um, but because that agreement is in place, and again, that's not part of your purview, um, that that is also a significant limiting factor for the applicant to, you know, just expand, regardless of the zoning. The way I've thought about that is that um, after I'm looking at this is CC 600 right for this parcel, regardless the op the uh, the occupant, and know that all of that other work that had gone on is still in play, but in a different category. So I'm just looking at this from just from a straight zoning without wondering about what it might open up for them. That's for Randy and, and others to do. That's what I'm thinking about anyway. Okay. Other comments? Any other questions on this? If no, I'll take a motion. I'll make one. Please. Uh, make a motion that we approve a rezoning request uh, Z-23-00427 from PCD2, Planned Commercial Development District, to CC600, Community Commercial District, located at 550 Congressional Drive, and forward to the City Commission with a recommendation for approval. So motion, is there a second? I'll second. Thank you, Pedro. Um, any discussion? Please. Uh, just as a general comment for the record, I, I um, support this application and looking at the review criteria and staff's conclusions on each of the components there. I didn't have any questions or concerns with any any part of the criteria uh, being met here. So. Thank you so much for bringing it back to criteria. It's so important. Thank you. Yep. You bet. Appreciate that. Any other discussion? Yeah, I was also going to just say it seemed like it was infill, it was maximizing the current use of what we were trying to do, and, and I think the fact that there are other agreements that have been put in place long before um, mm -hmm. I was probably born. No, um, but, but I just I feel very comfortable with it based on the criteria and where we're at so in staff report. So thank you. <laughs> All right, any other discussion? All right, uh, those in favor, aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. Carries unanimously. All right, th Sandy, thank you. Rick, thank you so much. All right, um, item, last on our, our, item last on our agenda are a pair of text amendments. Um, before we jump in, we're an hour and five minutes into it. Anybody need a break or do you want to go? I'm good. All right, let's plow ahead. We're going to check in. <laughs> um, item next, they're going to consider uh, two text amendments. Um, text Amendment 24-00028 and 00029. Um, and rather than read through all of those descriptions, I'm going to ask Ellie if uh, she would take us through these two items. There will be two votes on this tonight. Yep. Um, Good evening, Commissioners. Ellie Mullins, Planning and Development Services. Uh, two text amendments, um, like you said, um, to the City of Lawrence Land Development Code are before you tonight, both related to the site planning process described in Article 13. Both aim to strike components of the code that require unnecessary, redundant review. One of these is the minor site planning process, and the other is the requirement to complete a standard site plan for exterior changes to site subject to the community design manual. The amendments also make related modifications to section 20-529 on wireless facilities and section 20-1701 on definitions. 
Planner site plans are administrative reviews of minor changes, such as changes to less intense uses or verification that any modifications are co-compliant and adequate parking is maintained. This process is also used to review minor um, modifications to wireless facilities. Minor site plans do not require public notification. Standard site plans are our medium intensity administrative review of site changes. One of these being modifications to exterior style, design, or material type on sites subject to the community design manual. These reviews require proposed modifications to come into compliance with the code, and the process does contain a public notification component. The amendment only modifies this one uh, type of site modification subject to a standard site plan for review. The rest of the standard site planning applicability section, which is in your proposed code language, stays the same. The two review types we're looking at tonight only impact sites within an existing site plan. So the amendments propose that these minor changes can be accommodated through the existing site plan modification procedure in section 201305N. The provision states that the planning director is authorized to approve without public notice any modification that complies with the site plan approval criteria. As long as, as long as the planning director determines that the proposed modification does not represent a material change that would create a substantial adverse impact on surrounding landowners. By eliminating the two um, review requirements that we're looking at and accommodating them with the modification procedure, this allows staff and applicants flexibility in how we review these particular types of modifications, whether that be through review of a building permit or with a memo to the approved, uh, to the approved site plan. Um, a significant number of these reviews are taking place twice uh, through both the building permit process and then the site plan process. These amendments would eliminate um, that duplicate review. Some items to note that will no longer um, be reviewed through the site planning process or the, the modification process. Um, one of these would be a change to a less intense use. By eliminating the requirement to site plan for less intense uses, that maintains flexibility in the site. Um, so say the property owner moves to a less intense use and then a couple years down the line, um, they wanna move back to that originally approved um, site plan intensity. They wouldn't have to go through another site plan. So that would maintain, maintain that flexibility in the site. Um, the other minor changes um, would be minor changes that do not require a building permit and that don't really serve the purpose of that site plan review or the review criteria um, in, in the site planning process. So site changes will continue to receive a review through the modification procedure if they are impacting those approval criteria we look for. Um, or they may end up need, needing to receive um, a new site plan review if they trigger that standard site plan section. The changes to the code um, meet the text amendment approval criteria of correcting an error in the development code by removing this duplicate review. As well, changes um, need to be consistent with the comprehensive plan. While Plan 2040 doesn't directly discuss the land development code or the procedures within it, uh, the proposed amendments create efficiencies um, that allow applicants and staff to more easily achieve goals included in the plan, um, such as increased infill development through um, a more streamlined process and greater site flexibility. The exact code language um, and modifications have been included in tonight's packet. 
staff recommends that the Planning Commission forward the two text, um, the two proposed text amendments onto the City Commission with a recommendation for approval. Uh, with that, I'm happy to take any questions. Uh, this amendment was initiated by staff, um, so there's no applicant associated with this item. No Thank you. Thank you, Ellie. Is there anyone here from the public to speak on this item? Natalia? Natalia Lowther. Um, briefly, I am not as familiar with the city site planning process as with the county, but I do want to go on record as posing the principle that site plans are not public hearing processes because the things that happen in them, through them, can materially affect neighbors, and that's something that we're dealing with in a county situation near me right now. So. Thank you. Is there anyone online, Drew, indicating an interest to speak on this? I do not see any. All right, thank you. So we're back to the commission on these two items. Any conversation, discussion? I guess a question up front. Um, to Natalia's uh, point, um, does, do these text amendments um, remove any public process? No, the site planning process in the city is an administrative process. So a standard and a major site plan, if they're appealed, would go before the city commission. So notice would be sent and those things do follow through on that one. The minor site planning process has always been uh, one of those kind of little different than the other two. It doesn't have the same public noticing process and procedure as part of it. But no, the site planning process would still be there and all those appeals and processes are still in place for the other two that would remain. Good. Very good. Thank you for that. Other questions, comments? I'd follow up to that, just, just trying to wrap my head around it. So um, the note for a minor subdivision or for a site plan approval, like there would never have been noticed anyway, right? Even without the text amendment and it would have been administratively done, that correct? So this isn't right. changing that, okay. And then with the other one, there would have been notice provided or there would not have been notice. Are we, are we changing um, what notices neighbors would, would get in this kind of a process? There would be no changes to the standard or major site planning noticing process. So letters would be sent out to people within 400 feet that were affected. Those within 200 feet would have the ability to protest that and that would trigger, or excuse me, Mix that up with zoning, my apologies. Notice would be sent out to 400 feet and anybody who is standing could protest the site plan and it would go to the city commission to approve the site plan at that point in time. So that process would still be in place. It would only be removing the minor site planning from the process chart that we would have. So it would be a standard and a major site plan would remain. Okay. It's technical in the weeds in the process. Yeah. 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 Yes. But the net though from, uh, our discussions was fairly significant in terms of the number of days removed from the process, the burden on staff that's removed, um, uh, and the cost and time for the applicant. Um, this was initiated by the city commission, right? Back in January, I think the- it's cor Yes, correct. Right. And the other thing that I saw in this, I'm just jumping in and talking. It's great. The other, <laughs> the other thing I saw that, uh, um, 
I really appreciated was the notion that this, these ideas in, in, in process tuning are being contemplated as a part of the larger code update and the, the opportunity to trial that in advance of that becoming, um, you know, inked um, is, a, is a real benefit that you don't really get all that often. So I, I, was, I thought that was a pretty neat opportunity as well. Actually, that, that's the one question, because I was going to mention that too, this idea of being able to test drive a piece of it. So, so if these changes are made, um, you work with it, and they still need further tweaking, what's the next? So, so then anything that would, if this doesn't work out like you want it to, um, that next step would be with the adoption of the new code that would fix that? Yes, it would okay. be in what's called module three, which is administrations and procedures. So if we see something that's not behaving right or it's kind of not doing what we thought it would do, we would be able to catch it in module three and get it updated as part of the overall code update. I have a question for Ellie. Hey, Ellie, can you give us an example of what would be, what would require a minor site plan? Like what are some, what are typical things that require a minor site plan? Um, so one of our big ones, which is a, a big part of the um, proposed code language, is the um, minor modifications to um, wireless facilities. And so how we would do that now is reviewing it through the building permit, um, how we would do it if the text amendment went through. Um, we review it through the building permit process anyway, um, through our planning review. Um, other components are minor, I'm trying to think, I made a list, um, but I'm, I'm starting to forget them. Um, changes to landscaping, um, sometimes changes to lighting. So those are all components that can be done through that site plan modification process. Gotcha, okay, thank you. And is this something that the land development code group is already looking into anyway? I'm kind of thinking this is probably something that we're, we would see in the land development code, whether we did this or not, right? Like it's kind of my idea. Yes. Yeah, it, this is part of that overall, just the, the holistic look at admin and procedures as part of the code. Other thoughts, questions? Entertain a motion? Wait. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you bring us home? I'll, I'll do it. And right. uh, just a point of order, Mr. Chair, it would need to be two motions because they're two separate two amendments. Thanks for the reminder. Yes. Um, all right. Uh, so what's the actual, do I say I make a motion? What do I say? What's the formal? I make motion? Mm -hmm. Okay, I make a motion to approve the text amendment TA-24-00028 to the City of Lawrence Land Development Code, Article 5, 13 and 17, to remove the minor site plan review standards and modify related standards and forward to the city commission with a recommendation for approval. Also make, oh, oh sorry. Two motions at one time? Or? Sorry, sorry. We'll just do, we'll do one, yeah, we'll at just one at a time, sorry. One at a time. Is there a second? Second. Second, thanks, Sharon. Um, any discussion? Um, approve, say aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. Unanimously, second motion. Uh, I make a motion to approve the text amendment TA-24-0029 to the City of Lawrence Land Development Code Article 13 and 17 to modify the standard site plan review for projects requiring a community design manual review and forward to the City Commission with a recommendation for approval. Is there a second? Second. 
Second, thank you. Any discussion? Bruce, say aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. Carries unanimously. We have items four and five on our agenda. Ellie, thank you, by the way. Thank you very much. Uh, we, and, and Natalia, thank you for being here. Appreciate you. We have uh, four and five that have been deferred to another time. Um, is there any other business before the commission tonight? None from staff. Any from the commission? Entertain a motion to adjourn. So moved. Thank you. Second. Discussion? All those in favor, aye. 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 And we're out. Thank you all. Thank you, Chair. And thank you for offering to take a break, even though it was mm -hmm. probably not needed.